Today is Wednesday, October 25th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. It's that time of year again. We talk about Halloween, Dungeons and Dragons, Satanic Panic, Exorcisms, Occult, Storing Up Treasures in Heaven, and Anointing Oil to Keep People Safe from Demons. So, all things Halloween and that extra thing in there. So, uh, should Christians celebrate Halloween? How much should they do it? What if they call it a fall festival or something like that? Um, all the stuff in between. We go over and discuss ad nauseum, so much so that, well, I, I don't think there's a stone left uncovered. The origins of it, um, anyways, expectations, blah, 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 um, to every possible degree and angle, I believe, is covered. So, check out this Halloween special? I don't know. Um, anyways, also, read the Ask a Christian book on Amazon, How to Have Civil Discussions with People Who Are Not Always So Civil. And you can check out the Ask a Christian store. The links are all in the description. Grab a t-shirt, grab a coffee cup, support this podcast, sharing the gospel with people on the internet. Until next time, happy Halloween! Or may the Lord be with you, whichever you prefer. Um, probably the second one. All right, take care. So, uh, you know, hail Halloween! So someone was asking, like, are you celebrating? Oh, tis the season. Just wait till Christmas. Um, they're like, do you celebrate Halloween? I'm like, what do you mean by celebrating? I'm like, <clears throat> like, are my kids going to, like, dress up as, like, some corny costumes? Like, one's going to be a butterfly, another's going to be a cop, and they're going to walk around collecting candy? Is that what you mean by celebrating? Because I, I don't really think that's, like, celebrating in the same way, because if you say you're celebrating Halloween... They're going to be like, oh, you're paying homage to Satan and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, no. In order to be celebrating that way, you know, if my kids were sacrificing goats under a blood moon, I'd say, yeah, that's probably celebrating it. And, you know, that's probably bad. Don't do that. But to say you're celebrating Halloween, like knowing that they mean like worshiping the dark one or something, when it's like running around getting candy, dressing up as a costume with none of that stuff in their minds. No, that's not celebrating. The same way as we celebrate Christmas. It's not celebrating the same way you think a bunch of naked pagans are dancing in the in the winter woods around a tree. Like that's not celebrating Christmas. Um, you know, we're we're remembering the birth of Jesus. So, yeah, I I would say, knowing what they mean, yeah, my kids are going to dress up. You're going to call that celebrating, but it's not celebrating. You know, like the the dark lord of the of the whatever. <laughs> why, why are you hating on uh, Steph's Christmas practices? <laughs> I mean, I'm not judging, but. You know. Anyway, so I know you, uh, <laughs> you would you would be what people call celebrating Halloween, but you would say it's actually All Saints Day, and your kids dressing up like John Calvin, right? Is that so? It's well, it's not All Saints Day. So All Saints Day is the first. So that's a Catholic holiday. So we would say Reformation Day, which oh, right, is right, on October thirty first. Martin Luther tacked the ninety five theses to the door at the church at Wittenberg. Right, that's what I meant. So are, are you... Um, right, but yeah, you're also not sacrificing goats under a blood moon. Um, you know, you're you're celebrating Reformation yeah. Day. Celebrating Reformation Day. I mean, maybe the Catholics are sacrificing goats under a blood moon. You never know with those guys. One day it's a blood moon. The next day it's like, why are you sacrificing to a blood moon, you heretic? They can't make up their mind. I just think people get way too bent out of shape on, on the, like, ju the judgy category. I mean, you know, Jesus says judge, judge rightly, I get it. So, you know, express your concerns. If if you think, you know, w Christians who go get candy are wayward sons and need to come back. But, you know, my conviction is 
no, it's actually my, my favorite holiday just because I love, I love autumn. I love like fall. I like the smell in the air. I like the trees. And in Florida, it's when we get the first little bitty taste in the evening that, ah, cooler love, air is coming. Do you love pumpkin spice lattes, Nate? I do not. That is do one you, thing do I do not like. Do you secretly go to Starbucks after dropping the children off before you go home and you stop and get yourself a triple espresso mocha pumpkin latte? There are so many reasons I don't do that. I can't tell you the last time I've been to a Starbucks. Like, just, I, I mean, if they were like, it's free, I may go there. But, but no, it, it has been many, many moons since I have been to a Starbucks. <laughs> many, many blood moons. Many, many blood moons. No, so here's the deal. Um, Halloween is a particularly American secular holiday. It has absolutely nothing to do with the occult. Um, people who think it has anything to do with the occult are generally, and no offense because I know that you grew up this way, but they're generally in wacky, charismatic um, ideas of like spiritual warfare and demons and stuff that they just don't have a biblical understanding of. And so they they fear all of these supernatural things can occur on a rando day that is literally just an American holiday. That's oh, a yeah. secular I, American holiday. Yeah, that must be some further charismatic than us. Like for for me, it's like, and you know, my parents were never that way either. It's just like, you know, we, we always, like I've always dressed up as like Ninja Turtles or whatever and gone and got candy. My parents would take me trick-or-treating. So even though, you know, we were kind of of that flavor, like no one, no one thought it was a special day for spiritual warfare or anything like that. It was the, the people I'm talking about and, and even like the Facebook mob. It's, it's not so much like I actually don't don't think anyone has focused on the spiritual side. It's more just like, you know, you're. Um, you know, it's not godly. It's it's celebrating like dark, evil, satanic stuff, um, you know, you know, like um, on the surface, very surface level, not like you're giving demons holds in your life or anything like that. I've actually I mean, maybe in the interest of never saying never, I've heard it like once or twice. But you, usually every time I hear someone say you shouldn't be celebrating Halloween. It's just a very superficial, like, you know, it's not godly, you don't do it. It's it's like glorifying, uh, you know, witches and ungodly stuff. Not that, like, you're letting demons crawl into your face. Yeah, I guess it depends on the stripe of charismatic. Like, I don't know, like, uh, you know, and, 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 and that's not just charismatic. There's a lot of Baptists who would say the same nonsense. I was thinking Baptist. Baptist. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Pastor Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like... Yeah, this this whole idea. Well, I don't know if Pastor Mark would assign a supernatural thing to it. I think no, that's that, what I'm saying. Not supernatural, yeah. but oh, not oh, good I either. See. Yeah, just just it's like a celebration of something worldly or unknown. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. Like, uh, you know, we heard. Were you? Uh, you're a bit young for this, but were you around with the Mike Warnicky stuff? Do you know who that is? I do not. Okay, so Wouldn't in it the sounds familiar, but I don't right, know. it'll sound familiar, like because you're what 42, 41? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you're like ten years younger than me. So, um, so in the eighties, there was a quote unquote Christian comedian named Mike Warnicky who also had the dubious distinction of having claimed to come out of Satanism. And so this was during the great satanic panic of the 1980s. Uh, and so if you're familiar with the satanic panic at all, it's like, a, I am. okay, cool. So it was like this whole thing. And Mike Warnicky is one of the things that kicked off the satanic panic. 
is that he would do his comedy show and then he would have the serious part of it and talk about Satanism and all these like supernatural things. And it was just complete nonsense. He basically got exposed as a complete liar by um, actually some of my friends um, at Cornerstone Magazine in Chicago. And so like Cornerstone Magazine was a big magazine in the 80s and early 90s. Um, and they also used to have the Cornerstone Music Festival, which was like the largest Christian music festival for a while. Anyway, so long story short, he was exposed as a complete just charlatan like liar. Um, but Mike so Warnicke, he was like never in Satanism. Is no, no, he had nothing to do with it. Like he made everything up. He was a serial liar and all these things. And so he went away. Um, but a lot of the stuff that he taught was absorbed into hyper charismatic circles. And so you'll hear the same stories being told by like hyper charismatic quote unquote prophets. And you can directly trace that exact same story up to a story that Mike Warnicke made up in the eighties. So it's hilarious. Yeah. You you know, I, 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 hang on. See you, uh, before we get to you, there's some stuff, people were uh, doing stuff in chat. I want to address then, then I'm curious what costume you'll be wearing. Maybe like, a, uh, anyways. Um, but yeah, so it, it, if that guy was responsible for the satanic panic, he, he is responsible for um, unnecessary stress with me and my friends trying to play some Dungeons and Dragons. Because um, I think we cut the tail end of that. And there was like, a, <laughs> my, my friend, uh, we had this friend who lived like right next to, to the, the church we all went to. It was this very small church. And he, he didn't go to church. He wasn't really Christian or anything like that. But we were friends with him. So <clears throat> me and my other friend, uh, his parents were like, uh, were deacons at the church. And everyone was a like close-knit community. So this guy, he's like, and we were like 14. So he's like, hey, I just got all these like Dungeons and Dragons books. Like, I don't, like, someone gave it to him or something. He's like, I don't really know how to play. But, you know, if you guys like to play, I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. Um, you know, we've heard of it. We never really played. So, you know, one of our friends, the one whose pastor, uh, parents were deacons, or dad was a deacon, he was like a nerd. So we're like, here, dude, here's a ton of books. Read this and then tell us how to play. So he did that. And um, we were playing. We got snowed out. There was like a giant snowstorm and school was closed for like a week. And it was awesome. So like we trudged through like feet of snow to get to this guy's house. We went to a basement. Uh, his basement is right next to the church. And we started playing. And the worst thing we did is like, okay, uh, these lizard people have stolen this magic orb. You need to go retrieve it. I'm like, great. I shoot an arrow at it. So, you know, I don't know how satanic that was, but that's what happened. Well, anyways, <clears throat> this guy's parents found some of the books he, he was reading up on in his room, and uh, they tracked him down, came to the guy's house with, like, it was, it was my friend's dad, who was the deacon, his grandfather, who was another deacon, and the church pastor. It looked like maybe someone, like, I don't know, where, was it Children of the Corn, where they had, like, the, the group of people that were like, burning the kids or something, or I don't know, some, some kind of Puritan movie like that where it has like, you know, that, that stereotypical Puritan church people and they're like, burn that witch. I'm like, what is happening? So anyways, they, uh, there was like this event in the floor. So me and <clears throat> my friend, we didn't want anyone to know where we were. So we were like hiding in the basement. We could watch through the vents. They ring this doorbell and this unchurched guy um, goes up there. He's like, uh, yeah. They're like, hey, is Matthew here? Blah, 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 my friend. And he's like, well, uh, no. Uh, so I guess he lied, but you know, he's in anyway. So we're like, we've been told that you have these books and blah, blah, blah. And that's evil. Do you know it's of the devil? It was like a real life chick track playing out. Um, so anyways, me and my friend are just like, what is happening? Like, oh my gosh. So they, they had this guy, like this 14-year-old kid, go get all these books he got 
probably a couple hundred dollars worth of stuff. And they took it over to the church, and we're just like watching out the window. They threw it in a barrel, doused it in gas, and lit the thing on fire. We're like, holy crap, this is our life. This is actually happening. So they had a good old-fashioned book burning. Anyway, so thanks, Mike Warnicky, for that. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> to, to chat real quick. Uh, Yvette said something. Um, hey, Nate, so you don't think it's non-Christian drink coffee? Uh, you may need to clarify that. Do I think it's non-Christian to drink coffee from Starbucks because of their marine spirit? I have no no idea what that is, but I'm going to say whatever comes out of Starbucks is more satanic than my 14-year-old friend's group playing DMD. Um, let's see, Bobby, I don't like seeing people dressed up as demonic things like dragons, wizards, and being gluttonous. Well, that's kind of a year-round issue I fight. Um, <laughs> and using trickery, but I'm not hardcore about it. Yeah, I mean, if you see something like looking like the Exorcist or Carrie or something, I don't know. I'd probably walk on the other side of the road. But uh, let's see. Tasha, I think as a Christian, if you are feeling conviction not to participate, you should probably honor that and personally uh, so you aren't walking in disobedience. But I recognize your personal conviction. I agree with that. The best, the best reason to not celebrate Halloween or not do anything is because you feel convicted about it, but you shouldn't do it. Like that, That's the best reason. Um, and, and then if the Bible outright says, don't do this. But anyways, CEO, you're about to tell us is the uh, is it a slutty cop you're uh, dressing up as or a genie? Belly no, no, I, I um, so I, I posted a link, um, and in it is a quote from Anton Lavi, the founder of a church in Satan, where he says, um, "I want to thank every Christian parent, not Buddha, not Muhammad, none of that. Every Christian parent, I want to thank them that they allow their children to celebrate the devil one night out of the year, which is Halloween." Well, it's also worth noting at the end of his life, I don't know if this is substantiated, but it's like a widely circulated quote when he's on his deathbed. Um, the last words he spoke was something like, no, what? This isn't right. This isn't what it's supposed to be. Ah! And then he died. Yeah, no, no, I, I only brought it up because, like, you know, Chris has this habit of making things sound absolutely ridiculous, which sometimes he has very fair points. Uh, but if you are a Christian and you see this quote from the head of the Church of Satan about thanking, you know, letting Christian kids worship the devil once a year, there's it's fair to have some concern about that. Well, I guess, but I also don't want to, you know, let the founder of the satanic whatever temple or church to say whatever he did. Um, I also don't want to let him dictate my life, right? So it's like, okay, great. Or, or like if a witch is coming, if Steph's neighbors came to her and they're like, hey, I mean, I don't remember what she said, but hey, you let your kids celebrate Halloween? Oh, great. That's trick-or-treating. Oh, the Gaia Mother Earth Spirit is so happy. You're doing witches a favor everywhere. I'd be like, Okay, well, my conviction is they're getting candy just because you say it's like feeding your earth energy or whatever. I'm not going to let that stop me. That's not my conviction. I think you're full of it anyway. Um, so I get it. I mean, that's a fair point, CEO. It's worth noting. Um, just like if I'm like, Michael, uh, you're doing the work of Jesus by going to church like you say you do every, every other week or how often you say you go to church. Um, even though you're an atheist and you go there to like, I don't know, mock it or learn or learn how to better argue against it or whatever your reason is, you're really getting one step closer to Jesus. So, I mean, that would be like Michael saying, oh, my gosh, 
a Christian just said, I'm getting more holy by going to church. I better not go to church again. Um, but, you know, based on what we know of Michael, which he will confirm or deny, is, well, no. I mean, they can think that. He doesn't believe it anyway, so he's going to keep doing what his convictions are, which is whatever they are. Welcome, Michael. You just missed my uh, satanic panic story of my early D&D days. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was in for a second, and then um, the app jacked out on me, so I didn't log back in. Um, yeah, it, it's funny. I, I'm trying to remember the first time I had someone kind of pearl clutch over me playing D&D. And it was, uh, I want to say it was the, I mean, I've been playing since the early 80s. And it would have been right around, I guess it would have been around 84, 85, something like that. The first time I got the, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and it's funny because, I mean, and I'm sure you'll remember this story, but I mean, there were a couple of instances where people with some issues, um, you know, played the game and some bad stuff happened. And of course it got blamed on, you know, the game. Well, you know, it, it had to, you know, had to be this, had to be that. And one thing I've learned over the years, especially with, you know, with what I do and my background and my education, stuff like that is basically, and I'll use, I'll use super technical terminology. Unless you've got a screw loose already, the game's not going to do anything to you. Um, so, you know, these are people that had, you know, basically pre-existing issues um, and, you know, and some unfortunate stuff happened. I agree. It's like, it's like um, anything really. Yeah. If you have a screw loose already, that's your red flag. So if you play Dungeons and Dragons, and you know you're the good guys, you're the neutral guys, you're you're fighting the monsters and you're saving the day, probably not bad. <clears throat> if you're like, okay, everyone, slit your wrists, you're chaotic evil. You're gonna go around like you know imagining that you're murdering your way through this village and like you know eating baby skulls. It's like, oh, you know, I see how that can lead to maybe I don't know some some negative stuff in your life. Um, just like Halloween, right? If my kid wants to dress as a butterfly. And go get some candy. You'd be like, thank you, trick or treat. Ah. Um, I think that's probably they're going to be all right. Um, if they dress as Satan and cover themselves in like goat's blood um, and things like that, I'd be like, you know what? Um, that, that's a bit of a problem. So it's not the holiday. It's not the game. J just like anything. It's like religion. If someone you know gets into religion and they have a screw loose already and they're susceptible to stuff, and the religion they pick is is very like you know intolerant of others. And it's like, no, our religion is right, um, and because ours is right, all others must die. Well, that's pretty rough. That doesn't mean religion is the problem. It means the people doing what that says to the nth degree are the problem. So religion is not bad. There's plenty of religions that are like, hey, you know, we think we're right and just love everyone else, i.e. <laughs> Christianity. <clears throat> Done the right way, I would argue. So, yeah, it's not, it's not the, that's just the mechanism. By which you said, Michael, like if you've already got a screw loose, it's just going to maybe be more pronounced or come out or easier to see. Um, or it's like movies. Movies aren't inherently evil. If you watch the, uh, you know, if you watch The Chosen, that's fine. You want to watch The Ten Commandments? You want to watch, I don't know, Ninja Turtles? That's fine. Um, if you want to start watching like uh, stuff where covens of witches have prayed over Hollywood movies to like, you know, get their power into it or whatever. Um, you want to watch like a bunch of like evil spiritual stuff and like that like causes you mental anguish and like you get on some very dark spiraling path and kill yourself. It's, it's not movies. It's, you know, specifically what you're watching or like, you know, porn or like, you know, addictions that come out of that. Like that doesn't mean it's the fault of media. 
it means it's the fault of that specific media, I would say. Yeah, and I'm not sure if it's the even necessarily the you know the um, the media itself. There are some obsection, uh, um, uh, exceptions to that, but I don't think it's just inherently like so. For example, and I'll tell people all, all the time, my favorite movie of all time is The Exorcist. Um, I think it's hysterical. Um, and, you know, I, I remember going to see, I think it was about 15 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, uh, longer, maybe 20 years ago, when they, re- when they re-released the original version that, you know, back in the early 70s, they're like, we can't put that in theaters. And they released that version. And there are only a couple of additions to it, um, but they, they, were pr- they, were, they were pretty cool. Um, and I remember going to see that, and it was just like, like, yeah, it's, but it's, it's, it's interesting. And the reason, of, of course, the reason I say I think it's absolutely hysterical is because I believe it's all made up, right? If I was, you know, I think if I was, um, if it was when I was, um, you know, a, a Christian, I think it would have been, or would have affected me a, a lot more. My, my daughter uh, is big time into horror movies. And this is this is her favorite time of year. And, we, you know, we'll typically get together and, you know, and watch a few of our favorites together. And uh, and it's it, they, they tend to be of the kind of like demonic possession ilk. And we just we just sit and giggle at them, honestly. See, um, but I, I, yeah. Well, good. I, I mean, as far as horror movies, I like like campy, cheesy ones that, you know, are, are so over the top, like it, it's not scary. Um like the slasher movies, right? Because uh, it's, it's just so over the top. It's like, you know, you stab the guy a thousand times, he comes back. So, I mean, that that's like comedy for me because it's like, okay, it's supposed to be scary, but it's just so campy. Like, you know what's going to happen. I, I kind of, I don't watch them that much, but I, I kind of, I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, but like the demon-y stuff, like the spiritual stuff, because, you know, as a Christian, I do believe in the spiritual world where this stuff, you know, angels, demons, that stuff exists. And, you know, possession can happen and things like that. But I, I really detest anything that Hollywood does about that type of stuff because, first of all, I think they just get it all wrong so much so that it does a disservice to what I actually believe is accurate. Um, and there's, there's like, always a priest. Like, it's, it's never a, a dude like, like Chris who walks in looking like a Quaker and, like, presents the gospel to someone demonically possessed and, like, the angels sing, and they're like, I'm cured. Praise Jesus. It's never like that. It's always a priest. Who's always like smoking like a pack a day. He's always in a bar, like down on a bottle of whiskey because reasons. Um, and then he goes in like with this like little holy water and his little stuff, which I, I just, I don't, that's not my thing. I don't think it's accurate. So I think they, on one hand, they mess it up. On the other hand, like they would just like consult with a few priests or people or religious leaders or whatever to get, to get enough stuff right that they can make a movie and like, you know, get the costumes right or stuff like that. And I just think it does a disservice to the actual issue. So I, I, I just don't like any of that stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's funny. Like, there was one that came out. I'm trying to remember when it came out. I don't remember when it came out. But it was uh, called The Last Exorcism. And it was about a, it was about a, um, a priest who he, he knew he was full of it. You know, he, he went around, and it was, it was basically like a sideshow. Like, he knew it was fake. Uh, you know, he, he knew that, you know, that none of this stuff was really real. And he goes to, he gets this letter from a dad, you know, whose daughter, who thinks his daughter is possessed and the, you know, the family's, you know, firm believers and stuff like that. 
and uh, this this you know he he's he's a he's a real preacher, but he does this thing uh, kind of like on, I don't know if it's on the side or whatever it's like that. Anyway, he goes there. It turns out the person really is possessed, and then he has this kind of like spiritual reawakening. Um, and it was done from kind of like um, almost like a Blair Witch Project perspective, like where it was done as a as a um, like a video documentary. And so they, like that was that I, I think I, I'm on your side in that I think that if they actually did um, some better research and talk to people who were, you know, kind of in the thick of it, so to speak, um, I think that could really be something that, you know, had people passing out in, in theaters over fear. And I'd be all over. I'd be in. The, I'd be in the front row with a big bag of popcorn. Chris, what do you think about that? You want to want to be. Uh, you want to do a casting call for um, the role of exorcist? I mean, I don't believe that people can cast out demons. So. You know. Oh come on! I I did, I parroted your position perfectly. It's like you would give them the gospel, right? And then and then if it's their time, and if they're I guess elect, um, they would hear the gospel, and God would get rid of the demon. Is that a fair representation of your position? Yeah. Yeah, right, right. So that being said, I mean, it'd be a really boring movie, probably. I know. People would be like, this is like one of those Billy Graham movies. This is like really boring. So, okay, so just to be clear. So, okay, so I understand that you you believe that, you know, like that you believe that, you know, demons are real and all that other stuff. Um, Do you think that it's possible for people, and, and this is a genuine question of curiosity, do you think it's possible for people to, you know, have some kind of demonic influence in their life that is present for the majority of their life and they die still having been possessed? Sure. Okay. I mean, yeah. I don't think yeah. that Christians can have demons, but yeah, I think there's all kinds of people that can have. I mean, you know, again, not to not to dismiss the banality of evil, but like, you know, Let's just assume Joseph Stalin had some kind of a demon. Did I think that Joseph Stalin suddenly like didn't have his demon at the end of his life? No, nah, he probably did. I don't know if he had a demon or not, but I mean, he did very a lot a lot of really evil things. And, and yeah, and I, I yeah, there's no reasonable way to disagree with that. Um, I've I've been told that like I have been told by people that they think I'm possessed. And with, to which I just giggle, of course, um, because, you know, you can't be possessed by something that's not real. But um, it, it's, it, it, is, it is funny to kind of, it, like, I find it funny to be on the receiving end of that. I'm curious, have, do you think you guys have ever met anyone, uh, either in real life or uh, on social media, that you think is, like, actually, genuinely under some type of demonic influence? Yeah, I think Sister Cherry. Uh, you know, <laughs> oh, God. oh, God. Oh, <laughs> God. Um, wow. I don't know who that is. It's someone who Chris disagrees with, so uh, she's a demon now. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's a, that's an oversimplification. She she talks about murdering people constantly. Um, what? Oh, yeah. You don't you haven't heard these clips? They're hilarious. It's so hard to it's so hard to understand, like navigate you because you're like oh yeah they said they worship satan and they love the dark one and then it's like okay what actually happened it's like oh they're just a protestant uh, arminian it's like oh okay i would so, never say so, that but they would say that i know i'm just but, playing but it's it's I very know. hard to like navigate the actual quote versus how you 
Yeah, no, no, no. There's actual there's actual audio of her talking about um, murdering somebody with a nine millimeter and a baseball bat, and then um, uh, doing the eulogy over their dead body. Like after self defense or for fun? No, because they they're Hebrew Israelite and they disagreed with her. Well, it, it's funny. I mean, I, I think you you know uh, you know of course exceedingly tongue in cheek, but. Um, <laughs> but Nate, by by, uh, if your representation was true, someone that disagreed with him, then he'd also think that Steph was demonically possessed. Um, and well, thought, wait for and it. Of course, and of Chris? course, I don't think that's true. <laughs> Does Chris think? No, I, I don't. I don't think Steph is demonic and possessed. I think Steph is deeply confused. <laughs> that was the most awkward laugh I've ever heard you make, Nate. Oh, my wife's wanting a gas code to save 10 cents and the app I use reorganize it, so I'm trying to multitask. Where the heck is the stupid gas code? Oh, I, this dude, is I can't well, uh, Anyway, I, I gotta go to my 10 o'clock meeting. I, you guys have a good time. Have a good one. <laughs> Alright. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm on my way to meeting. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I would say since yeah. you have some interest in this topic and you might find it as pure entertainment, that's fine, um, but... I do have this client who wrote this book, um, Unmasking the Devil, and he was formerly a satanic worshiper. His name's John Ramirez. I've known him for nine years. He seems like a completely sane person, so that might be a read you want to dive into if you want to know more about that world. Sorry, you, you, you cut out there for a second, CEO. Can you say the name again? John Ramirez, Unmasking the Devil. Oh, that guy, that... um, uh. Oh, no, I'm thinking Richard Ramirez. Okay, different person. Yeah, okay, John Ramirez. Okay. Yeah, Richard Ramirez was that, that serial killer that was executed uh, in the 80s or something, yeah. Um, John Ramirez. Okay, I'll make a note of that. Anyway, yeah, guys, I'm on, on my way into a meeting now, too, so cheers. <laughs> Everyone's in here meeting. <clears throat> CEO, keep it going while I try to find the stupid Walmart gas code. Oh, yeah, no worries. Um, so, so I just stepped out for a second, Michael. What, what did you mention? He's leaving. He's going to a meeting. Oh, okay, got it. Cool. Ah, oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. You're good? Uh, I will be in a minute. I just got to copy it. It took me forever to find it. Like, why do people update their apps to make them better when it never actually makes them better? Yeah, and uh, apologies, man. I got to run for 10 o'clock as well. I'll be back on a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. You people <laughs> with jobs. <laughs> Bye. Okay, happy wife, happy life. Man, I don't know if that's true, but maybe in my case. Okay, so let's see. Anyone else in chat? <laughs> Imagine dressing up as Job with all the boils. <laughs> that's That would be a funny one. Oh, hey, Saint, welcome. What's up? Yeah, and everyone else, I wasn't watching my app, so if you guys would like to jump up here and talk about anything, feel free. Come on up. What's up, Saint? How are you today? We're just talking about Halloween stuff. Halloweeny. I'm just starting my work day. Uh, what do you think are some good ways that Christians we can store up? Wow, there's a huge deer. Uh, store up treasures in heaven daily. Hmm. I have to get my head in that topic. Um, we're just talking about, you know, the devil. 
What's a good way to What's a good oh. way to store up treasure, treasures? Uh, for me, I I don't know. Like I don't intentionally uh, like try to do stuff with that in mind. Like it is actually part of you know like my my prayer life, right? Because the Bible talks about storing up treasures in heaven, and don't worry about what the moth can destroy here on earth. But you know, home is where the heart is. A secular way of saying that. But yeah, where your heart is, or home is, or treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So I, I do intentionally think about treasures in heaven and stuff like that um, to focus on that, you know, that heaven and, and, you know, like God's will and stuff like that is what I want to be intentional about. But I don't intentionally think about doing things with that purpose in mind. So maybe I'm a bad one to ask, but that's how I do it. I think it is a thing. I think it is important, but I don't think Ooh, if I do this good deed, I'm storing up treasures in heaven. Even though the result of doing some good deed could be storing up treasures in heaven. Um, I kind of, I, I, I mean, my, my goal is salvation in heaven and eternal life, right? So, you know, there are wor- rewards and stuff based on deeds in heaven. But I, I've always kind of been like a bad student. <laughs> so, so my goal in school was just to pass. So I don't know if that's a bad way to look at eternity. <laughs> but I, I'm not like worrying about getting the honor roll, like the A's and B's. I mean, you know, if it happens, great, but you know, um, y- yeah. yeah so, so, so it's like, well, look, my, my goal is eternal life. So faith in Jesus. Great. Now I want to like anything after that is like a bonus. Like, you know, of course I don't want to be a slacker forever and I want to do a decent job and, you know, be one of the good and faithful servants. Um, but I, I don't think I'm going to make the a, a honor roll. <laughs> so it's like, you know, people are like, well, you know, you're not going to have a big enough mansion, or you're going to have not going to have that many stars in your crown. Great, put me in the heavenly stables to take care of the heavenly horses with wings or whatever. Like, I'm fine. Like, just get me in the door. <laughs> Again, I, I don't want to say that like get me in the door. Like, I want to like live like the devil and still get to heaven. I just mean like I, I don't like. I don't know. Like right now, instead of doing this, I could I could probably be out be doing good deeds, like you know, helping people unload their groceries from the store or something like that. Um, thinking, ha, I'm getting a reward in heaven. Ah, I'm storing up treasure in heaven. Um, but that's, that's not really, well, it's not what I'm doing. But we are, we are supposed to be focusing on, on that, on heavenly things, doing good things. I would say it's really important and we'd be foolish not to, not to be doing it now. Because well, the I, rewards are going to be eternal. Like, where? Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I want to encourage you. I, I know what you well, yeah, I, Step it up. <laughs> noted. But calm down. I, I no, agree. I, I, I hear what, yeah, I hear what you're saying, and I agree with you. Um, so I, I don't think I'm explaining myself well. But it's like, I know it's important, and I care about it without caring about it. <laughs> Or like in a in a macro sense, maybe like I'm, I I know what I mean in my head, and in my prayer life and in my life, but trying to convey that I'm having a little difficulty tripping on myself. So it's like maybe like a macro version, like or like how people say that um, you know, you have to keep laws, right? And all the people that say you don't have to keep the laws, but it's like, look, if you focus on Jesus and don't worry about keeping the laws, many times those people actually do a better job of keeping the law than the people who say you must keep the law, right? So it's like, yes, storing up treasures in heaven, focusing on that is very important. But I don't specifically focus on each and every detail. So I would like to say as a result of not trying to focus on everything as like heavenly treasure, 
it's actually becoming more heavenly treasure than perhaps the people that toil and labor over it every single day. Does that help explain it maybe a little less confusingly? Because I agree with everything you're saying. No, saying yeah, like it is I, important and it should be sought after. It's just how do you seek after it? It's like, are you like, I've got to store up treasures in heaven. I've got to store up treasures in heaven. Or is it like, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for eternal life. I'm living my life. And as a result, you actually store up a bunch of treasure in heaven by just focusing on Jesus and living your godly life. Yeah, I 100% know where you're coming from. It's not like you don't try to do good all day, but you don't really intentionally do anything specifically. You kind of, you're on your walk with God and you're trucking along. I was, I was just honestly looking for like something maybe I've never thought about or another way to, to please the Lord, do good ideas. Yeah, I mean, that's what I got. I don't know if Steph's been part of this conversation long enough to hear what you're saying. But, I mean, it's like, yeah, it just happens, right? If you focus on Jesus and put Jesus on the pedestal and keep your eyes on Jesus, all this other stuff will find its way to you. So it doesn't mean I'm like, praise Jesus, and just sit in my room all day, and it's like, nope, not going outside, don't want to help anyone, not going to do that. It's like, no, I just live my life, right? So if God's in it, like one or two good things that God puts in your way can be eternally more beneficial than 20 things you go out and try to force. Because if God's not in it, like, I don't know, what if there's a uh, bad example. Um, what if there's like a homeless guy and you're like, I'm going to do God's work. I'm going to store up treasures in heaven. I'm going to go to this guy. I'm going to write, I'm, I'm going like, to give him money. I, I'm just going to give him like, you know, $50 right now. And I'm going to store up treasures in heaven. And if like God's not in it, you're not convicted, you're not compelled, you're just like doing it to like force good deeds. And then you come back, you're like, where'd that homeless guy go? And one of his friends is like, oh yeah, some some like guy just came up and handed him $50. He went straight and bought smack and he's dead now. It's like, oh crap. Versus, you know, you're not intentionally seeking out to like force good issues and force good deeds. And, you know, maybe you're in, in, in like a food line or something and there's a homeless person outside and you're like, wow, like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I really just need to like buy some extra food and hand this guy a bag. I, I really feel like, you know, God's putting this on my heart and, and this is the need that needs to be met. Um, somehow more, if there was like 10 homeless guys that you don't feel that for. And then this guy, it's like, I can't explain it. Like I, he's no different than all the others, but you just felt like that. And then this person like breaks down. He's like, I've been sitting here all day. No one's even looked at me, blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much. Why are you doing this? It's like, well, I believe it's the right thing to do. And, you know, I believe, you know, like God put this on my heart and, I'm just trying to do what I feel is right. And they're like, oh, really? God? Which God? Oh, well, Jesus, have you heard of him? Oh, I'm a Christian now. Like, <laughs> I get it. It's kind of corny and a cheesy example. But, I mean, I've heard testimonies of so many things like that happening. And, you know, theologically, I believe that, right? So, like, if God is in one thing, um, that, that's eternally more beneficial than someone in their own might trying to, trying to like, make something happen. I agree with hundred percent of everything you just said that and I think it's important when you know daily we pray and try to hear from God like where should I go out to eat today where you know because then I feel like those situations um uh, can arise or can occur more often like God put in somebody's specific in your way type thing I, b I believe that happened. I've seen, heard so many different testimonies and seen so many different things stemming from. Uh, 
somebody being highlighted or whatever. Well, let's see if anyone Thanks. has any more help for you. Um, real quick, Tasha says, but aren't we, uh, you know, to be intentional with our words and walk relationship and actions? Well, sure. <clears throat> so maybe Steph can do a better job of, of nuancing what I'm trying and failing apparently to say. But I, I agree with that. I agree with that saints approach, store treasures in heaven. I agree with your approach, Sasha. You know, we should be intentional. Um, but if the intentional is like, you know, someone with your words, right? Paul says, live at peace with all people as, as much as depends on you. So if if you have like whatever action you're forced into, if you're driving and someone cuts you off, well, yeah, you have to do something. You have to act. So are you going to like flip them off and cuss them and scream at them? Well, no, don't do that. Um, are you just going to like raise up your hand like, you know, sorry, sorry, or whatever, even if it's not your fault, and try to have like a peaceful reaction? Well, yeah, you're intentional. You're doing that. Um, but if you're just like running around like, um, I hope that makes sense, Sasha. Like, yes, you should be intentional, but should you intentionally go try to like build rewards in your heavenly kingdom? I, I think that would be a little bit different than, than maybe what you're talking about. Steph, welcome. We're, we're talking about a new topic. So yeah, do you have anything to offer for Saint? Otherwise, we'll get back to our old topic about Satanism and witches and, you know, your people. <laughs> she can't get on the microphone. Uh, Tasha, how about you? I was going to say, too, Nate, like, you were, you were humble and you kind of, you admitted you don't think about it that much. And you touched on, like, somebody can run around, oh, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? Like, on on every side, there's a gutter on both sides. Like, you can totally be focusing, I got to do good deeds and be way in the gutter over there, but. Yeah, I'm still explaining yeah. myself bad. Like I, well, because, you know, like I said, I, I make it, I mean, it's part of my like prayer life, like my, my daily prayers. Like I definitely think about it, like storing up treasures in heaven, like the things of this world are going to fail and it doesn't matter ultimately. Um, but it's what, what's in heaven that's going to matter. So I think about it a lot, but you know, that, that usually manifests itself as, you know, God, whatever's in my path today, you know, I, I pray I make the right decisions, you know, uh, convict me and what I should do, what I could do better. Like, you know, what, whatever comes, if it's a person, it's an object, if it's a squirrel, I swerve out of the way to not kill. I don't know, just whatever it is. Like in my daily life, um, whatever is in store for me, let me handle that well and, you know, store up treasures in heaven appropriately and all that stuff. Um, versus, okay, it's 10, 11. I'm going to go downtown and just walk around and try to figure out stuff to store up treasures in heaven for. It's more like, you know, something is going to come your way. So like saying, if you did nothing today, stuff would still happen to fill the rest of your hours. Um, so it's kind of like that. It's like instead of going and, and trying to force stuff to happen, it's like if you don't force stuff to happen, if you just call into work and take the day off, you still are going to have stuff happen. You, you can't help but have stuff happen unless you try to like go into bed and just like cover your head. Like if you took the day off right now, you'd probably maybe go somewhere for lunch. Maybe you'd go to a store to buy stuff. You would run into a couple people. So it's not like you're trying to force things to happen. Things are going to happen anyway. So whenever they happen anyway, handle it godly and, you know, store up treasures in heaven. Um, we're really close to saying nope. the same things. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah, I don't, I'm not disagreeing with anything. And I would even say you uh, doing apologetics every day is 100% storing up treasures in heaven. You're proclaiming Christ all day. Like how many people do that? Like that's. That's, I would say you're doing that every day, even just doing this channel. It's not easy doing what you do. And I, 
I just want to encourage you to keep it up because I believe it is storing up treasures in heaven for you. Well, yeah, see, like, I mean, yeah, that, that would be an example, I guess. Right, and sometimes we talk about nonsense, but I mean, I like to focus on God and Jesus and the gospel for people that haven't heard it, and you know, it's, it's doing my thing. I mean, I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to force the issue, other than you know, I start the room and I, I open it up, and then whatever comes. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes I wish I could force a little more people in here for more discussion, um, but I mean, you know, it's like, well, whatever comes, like someone's going to show up hopefully. So I'm like, whenever that happens, whatever the conversation is, you know. I pray that, you know, God helps me do do my part for whatever that is. Maybe someone doesn't need to be browbeaten with the Bible today. Maybe someone needs to have an encouraging word. Um, so if I'm, like, trying to take it in my own hands and, like, this is what you need, when it's not, that could be less effective than, oh, you know, sorry your dog died, um, you know, and then offer some kind of encouragement. Um, that could have more of a profound effect if it kind of, like, you know, breaks down a wall or softens a barrier or something that ends up leading them to a renewed or invigorated relationship with Christ? I don't know. There's always a slice that, but Tasha, do you have anything you'd like to say about this, if you're speaking? Well, I think there's lots of things in the scriptures that tell us, like, how we should be walking, right? Like, when you look at the fruits of what a Christian is, when you're walking out in those fruits, um, those are ways of storing up those treasures in heaven, right? When you're walking in goodness and gentleness um, and all of those things, like, you are storing up those those treasures because of the way you're interacting with with other people. I think also the way we interact with people on a day-to-day basis, whether they're believers or non-believers, also has a big thing to do with that as well, um, right? And also, again, shows our fruits. And I think that's where, I don't know, maybe Saint, you, Nate isn't really explaining it very well, um, but... I think, you know, when you're walking in that, that attitude of service and that attitude of giving and that attitude of, um, the same way that Christ did, right. He walked in an attitude of service, of course, with that authority that came from the father. But I think that that is where those are just naturally stored. That's where, you know, when you can reflect the works of Christ, Um, not in a way that, oh, look at them, like they, they're, they're showing Christ, right? Because the world doesn't see Christ when they see us doing those things. They see good things and they see us different from the world. Um, and then start asking questions and that's where you're able to share, oh, this is the reason why it's because of the love of Christ in me. Um, but I think it's important that, that we do walk in those attitudes and that we are intentional with the way that we're interacting with people, who are saved and not saved or believers and not believers or however you want to label them. Um, because that is where we look different. That is where we can continue to store up those treasures where we can, but in essence, like the crowns that we are awarded are going to be cast at the feet of Christ to begin with. So at the end of the day, yeah, it's, it's a good thing to think about. I want to be able to cast more crowns at the feet of Christ Right. I don't want to store them up for myself. And you said something like, yeah, Saint says in chat, he was looking for like practical things he can do daily. And I think you said it, Tanya, like, yeah, I mean, manifest the fruits of the spirit. Right. Again, like. 
it, it's so hard. I wish I could just like crack open my brain and let you guys get what I'm actually trying to say. But it's like, do them without trying to do them, <laughs> right? Because it all comes from, from Jesus, right? So, so, but I mean, to your answer, the fruits of the spirit, share the gospel. That's it, right? So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, uh, these things, you know, like against these, there is no law. So if you want things you can actually do practically, manifest those fruits of the spirit. And I think share the gospel. Like there's nothing better you can do than that. So it's like, if you want something, if you want something more than that, it's like, well, there is nothing greater you can do than, you know, share the gospel with the fruits of the spirit. So there's not like a higher level than that. The only way to get a higher level is just do more of that. So like, if you think you're, you're not doing enough, um, I don't know what to tell you other than just go share the gospel to even more people and do it in love, do it in the fruits of the spirit. And I mean, that's like the greatest thing you can do. And, you know, whatever God puts in your path, handle it with the fruits of the spirit. Uh, what well, and I think Sasha, too, scripture, scripture tells us too. you know, take care of the widows, take care of the orphans. Remember those that are in prison, like those are practical things. See, if you're looking for a practical list, right? Scripture gives us those things. Those are good things. Um, but those aren't things just to do willy nilly either. Those there's intention behind them. And so I think if you're looking for specific things, I think those three are a great start. Um, and you do those with a servant attitude with the fruits of the spirit and that, that God gets the glory in all of that. Oh yeah. You said visit people in jail with, uh, I was going to say yes. And then you had a question mark. So is that a, I don't know if that's a question, but I would say absolutely. Like, do that. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a guy I know at church who specifically has a prison ministry, and I think this week he's like he's actually traveling somewhere uh, further away to like a bigger, better prison to specifically meet with prisoners. You know, the people that like society have written off to talk to them and share the gospel with them. Um, so, do that. And it, yeah, that was. I didn't come up with any content. I was just honestly looking for things, you know, different ideas. Like I had ideas for like orphans go. I called some orphanages. You can't just go call and just hang out with orphans. There's like a process, but I was just looking for ideas on things, things we can do that daily that will benefit us eternally. Well, yeah, I think all these are, yeah, I mean, all, all the things Tasha just mentioned are, are really good practical things you can, you can actually do to fill up your day. And, you know, every, not everyone can do every single thing. So, you know, if orphans is a, too big of a, a process, however that happens, um, you know, I, I believe uh, the prison thing is probably pretty easy. Um, I think, um, I, I don't know, like, if they require qualifications other than just saying uh, you you practice a particular religion. Like, I don't know about that. I mean, it's probably not too difficult to get in as long as people want to meet you. Like, I know whenever I used to, um, whenever I used to work at a prison, um, there would always be religious people that showed up. And I don't know, like, if they had to have credentials or I, I wouldn't imagine it. I mean, like, I'm a Christian. That's my credential. That's my religion. Um, but, you know, they would have, like, every certain day, they'd have, like, uh, you know, different chaplains or people there. And they just say, all right, you know, who wants to go see a chaplain today? And prisoners would like sign up on a list. And believe me, you'll get plenty of people. They don't care. Like they probably go to all the chaplains just to like get some time out of their cell. Um, but yeah. Well, uh, that, like when we help with the prison ministry, um, just because that's where our past is, we did drugs and all of the things. 
Um, I think a lot of that you have to go through a background check. Like there's all these things, no matter what you're doing, you're going to have to go through some kind of, um, you know, just, it's just the world that we live in, right? You're going to have to go through some background checks, some, um, checking out some vetting, right? It's just part of the process. But I think it also is important saying, as you're trying to like figure out, um, you know, where you need to be serving or whatever the case may be. I think it's important to know what your gifting is, how God has, um, you know, equipped you that the, the road that you've walked already in the past. I think those things are important to look at. You know, if you don't know what your gifting is, ask those around in your church and see like, you know, what, what are some strengths that they see in you? That's, I think a great place to start. And if, you know, depending on what those giftings are, if it's clerical or, you know, giving or, service or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I think that there's great things, you know, for you to be able to do. There's, you know, there's a huge homeless population right now that is looking for all kinds of things, you know, that you can serve. There's some amazing Christian rehab facilities, um, that are looking for just volunteers, right. People to just talk to other people. Um, you know, there's so many different opportunities, for somebody who wants to serve, to be able to serve. Um, it's just looking for those things, finding a need in the community and meeting that need. And you know what there, and we're going to go to faithful cause he's been waiting, but you know what you don't need qualifications or background checks for to go to the city streets and preach the gospel. And you're, I mean, for a lot of people, depending on the area you go, you're basically talking to prisoners past, present or future. So, you know, catch them. If the prison ministry isn't your thing because they require certifications or certain qualifications or, or stuff like that, you can basically talk to the same clientele depending on the area of the street you go, uh, city you go to. So uh, don't need any qualifications to go tell people about Jesus in the middle of the road. Well, don't do it in the middle of the road, but you know what I mean. Uh, Faithful, what's up? And good morning to, to everyone on stage. Good morning. Um. Um, Tasha, can you, because uh, I came in the room uh, late, could you kind of brief me, or, or Nate, if you'd like to, if you could brief me on what you guys were talking about, uh, specifically looking, right now. Saint was looking for advice for practical things he could do to uh, to fulfill the scripture that talks about storing up treasures in heaven. So what are some practical things he can do to store up treasures in heaven? Oh, I see. Okay. Well, um, uh, I'm off break, or I'm on break, and so there's not a bunch of noise and stuff, so I can finally talk. Um, <laughs> when I hear about like rewards in heaven or or treasures in heaven or whatever, I think about uh, people who are persecuted because of. Uh, I put a, a verse in the chat, Matthew five eleven, how blessed are you whenever people insult you persecute you and all sorts of evil things against you falsely because of me and like nate said if you're out there preaching the gospel and stuff people are coming insults at you and stuff oh uh, your hey, microphone got really bad it's really tinny it's hard to hear you it was good but then something happened how, how about now yeah that's good okay um like i like where where did i stop uh, i think we heard everything it just got really bad but go ahead Okay, but yeah, um, yeah. How blessed are you when people insult you, persecute? You? So, like Nate said, if you're going out and preaching the gospel and people are throwing insults at you and you're getting persecuted for his name, uh, that's a good way to, because <laughs> it says your reward will be great in heaven. So, 
Oh, that's that's amazing. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, Faithful, do you want to weigh in? Or maybe you disagree with what everyone said? Let's say that. Um, so I, I would say that the idea of storing up treasures in heaven is that your riches are found in the kingdom of heaven, right? Um, obviously, um, people who look to only uh, benefit on this earth, basically look for things that are going to benefit them on this earth, are going to look for the things of this world. Um, if, if we actually look at Matthew chapter 6 in context, I don't know if I can actually pull it up. Um, it's in the context itself, right? So, and I believe it's verse 19, right, where it begins. So obviously this, you know, Matthew 6 is, is a dissertation. You know, it's beginning from Matthew, um, pardon me, give me one second. I was going to try to do this. Just give me a second. It, it's the Sermon on the Mount. It's a dissertation that's beginning from Matthew chapter 5 and it extends to Matthew chapter 7, right? If we look at Matthew six, I mean, it's it's yeah. I, I would agree with most of what everybody is saying, in in the sense of uh, evangelizing and all those things. But the uh, the more salient point is what is being stated in the chapter just a little earlier, right? Um, you know, Christ is giving a long dissertation that again that begins from chapter five, right? He's giving examples of. Um, you know, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen of them, for then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, uh, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Meaning when you do what you do, don't look for others to give you praises. Don't look to show off and say, look, I've done this. Look, look, look how good I am. Look how righteous I am that you do it from a sincere heart, right? That you go and you give to people, that you um, uh, offer yourself as a servant to uh, the Lord's kingdom, right? Be being that you're a witness to his kingdom, being that he transformed your heart, right? Uh, when you look at that and then we just continue on all the way down, you're going to notice that just, and, and I would say this to you uh, for Brother Saint, um, within the context of the chapter, you're going to get a general idea of what it is to store up your treasures in heaven, right? The idea is that how you do so is exactly in how Christ has laid out, right? Don't do, don't do things to be seen. Don't try to boast in yourself. Everything that you do, it, it has to be selfless for the kingdom of heaven. You get what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Brother Saint? Uh, maybe he can't talk. He could be uh, yeah. busy. Yeah, 100%. That makes sense. And I understand how that's super, super important. I was just looking for like specific things, you know, like well, you've got things them, right? I've never heard. Yeah, well, and I've heard that one scripture, you know, a thousand times that uh, we'll be blessed if we're persecuted, but never once. For some reason, I tied that into like preaching the gospel. Like we should almost be super happy when we are sharing the gospel and people rip on us. Well, we should be, but also like is it first or second Peter or somewhere I believe it's Peter says that you know make sure if you are persecuted for you know for Christ's sake or preaching the gospel, make sure it's because they're persecuting you for being a Christian. 
not because you know you're being a jerk not because something you do on your own like it says like look if you're being like thrown in jail because you stole don't count that good you deserve it so you know like if, if you're being persecuted because you're like look jesus is real he wants to give you eternal life like you know repent believe the gospel receive eternal life this is great and they're like no i hate you ah! then you know you should count yourself lucky that you're being persecuted you know for the cause of christ but if you're like you're going to burn in hell, demon. I'm going to pray you go there. You suck. Read a book. Then if pers people persecute you for that, they're like, you're a jerk. You suck. Get out of here. You shouldn't be like, oh, I'm being persecuted for being a Christian. It's like, no, you're being persecuted rightly because you're a jerk. So, um, you know, keep that in mind. <laughs> I don't think you're the type Amen. of person to do that, but, you know. <laughs> I can't respond anymore, but thanks, everybody, for your input. Yeah, absolutely. And then if, if to add on to what Nate said, to, to piggyback off of what he said, Within the context of the chapter, you'll notice that Christ is admonishing people that do things for show. Like, well, you're doing this so that others will see that you're a good person, right? That should never be the way that a Christian should go about doing what he does, right? We're doing it for the love of God, for God's mercy uh, upon the life of the person who doesn't know him. So in everything that's being done, the act of selflessness should point to the one who redeemed us. Right. That's the point. The, the idea is that you're not pointing the arrow to yourself. You're pointing it to the one who died for us. In this being Jesus to Christ. Uh, Steph, are you still busy dealing with like vomit or baby poop or anything like that? No, I'm here. OK, well, I don't, I don't know how long you've been listening, but would you like to say anything? Yeah. Um... Saint, I think, I know he can't respond anymore, but Saint, I know that your, I think that your faith tends to be very mechanical. Like you're always looking for something concrete. You're the kind of person who's like, tell me what to do and I'll do it, um, which is great, right? That's a sign of obedience. Um, but sometimes it's not quite so tangible. Sometimes you just have to like wake up in the morning and be like, Lord, show me what you want me to do today. And then you're just watchful throughout the day, right? Um, let so I don't go, know let God. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know if you need to make out this whole like plan, you know, ask the Lord to present you opportunities and then pray for courage and discernment and all that good stuff. And the Lord kind of walks you through it. Um, like some of the acts of service that Chad and I have done in our life, they we we didn't plan them. Like someone came to us with a need um, or we were connected with somebody that we thought, oh, OK, this is a really good opportunity to do some good for this person. So, yeah, it it's kind of hard to plan that stuff out. So instead, Pray that you are open to opportunities, that you're presented opportunities, and that you see them when they come. I'd agree with that. Uh, well, I think we've covered that topic extensively. Uh, Steph, you want to talk about Satan? Um, sure. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about them. She's, she's always excited to talk about <laughs> Satan. That's I mean, weird. You know. I'm, I will I'm force here. everyone to play nice today. Um um, we were talking about like Halloween because you know tis the season and all that stuff. So that that was the previous topic. I don't know if anyone knew would like to weigh in on that, but it was like, you know, is it really celebrating like in, in the sense they mean it? If your kid dresses up and gets candy, are they really celebrating Halloween and witches and evil spirits, or are they like, well, they're participating in the culture of Halloween, but it has nothing to do with like you know hardcore occult and evil. So no, we're we're not celebrating in the sense people want to make it sound like it's celebrating in. You know, that was kind of the topic. Yeah, uh, I have no problem with Halloween. Shame on me. I do all the holidays. I love all the holidays. 
the end. My kids go trick-or-treating. We all dress Especially up. Especially the ones yeah. involving sacrifice, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. We do participate uh, in sacrifice on New Halloween. York Coven. Yeah. New York Coven. <laughs> Under the full moon, you know. Um, so, no, uh, I have I have no problem with kids dressing up and getting candy. It's like, now, if my child was a teenager and said, um, I'm going to go as Mother Spirit Earth and afterwards I'm going to my hemlock altar to, then we'd have a problem. <laughs> then I'm like, all right, no. Uh, but my kids are eight and five that trick or treat and the baby will just come along. So it's like, <laughs> there's no danger of anything. I don't feel like this is a, I don't feel like Halloween is a gateway drug to Wicca, you know? So there. Yeah, that hemlock tree. I know you guys are oaken all the way, so you wouldn't want that hemlock tree coming in. Yeah. I mean, apparently that's the most effective. Wait, are there Has different anybody... covens based on type of tree? Yes. Oh, like, so oh no. They, like you listen, could be like a maple coven. This. Okay, I just learned this because, oh, here's a good topic. I mean, we don't have to go off of Halloween, but my daughter, my daughter's teacher participates in this. And that's how I just had to learn about it. Um, so my daughter's teacher for third grade had a baby and then like went on leave and was supposed to come back in November and then asked for an extended leave for the rest of the year. And it was granted. So they had to rush and find this sub. But the sub that they had had the first part of the year for the last couple months, my daughter like loved her. Her name was Miss Rain and Esther loved her so much. So I, I was trying to find out how to contact Miss Rain because Esther found out later that she wasn't coming back. So I said, I'm crying. I just want to say goodbye. So I'm like, well, let's take a little video and I'll email it to her. So I Googled this woman to try to find her email. Okay. It was all very, very innocent. And I come across her Facebook page, which she has. She has some business where she does weekly rituals involving different wooden altars for different purposes. And she walks people on Facebook Live through participating in rituals to impact different parts of their life. I didn't watch a full one because I didn't want to catch a full demon through my computer. <laughs> um, but I did watch the first few minutes. So this is so then at the end of the day, the teacher asked for an extended leave. And now Miss Rain is back. That's her teacher for the rest of the year. She's also certified in LGBTQ education. How do you get certified in that? Like, is, I don't know. Apparently they have that in New York State. She's like like, like a... levels of depravity mean you're higher certified? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like got some qualifications to teach children about LGBTQIA plus issues, whatever. And so, of course, she will never face religious persecution. I'm just so, yeah. I, this is a whole other thing. Anyway, so yes, I learned about different altars because my daughter's third grade teacher makes and sells <laughs> different types <laughs> of altars out of different wood. So that's how I know that. I'll bet you you could sell her some Angora bunny fur to go with those altars. <laughs> I'm not Say trying to catch any demons. Say it's been blessed under the light of the new moon. I am trying to anoint my daughter. If you guys know of any rituals, like should I anoint my daughter with oil when she leaves the house and comes back from the house? Like how do I Are you protect... asking about biblical occultism? I, well, wow. what, someone yeah. tell me what to do. Like what what do I do here this way? Anyway, Okay, so okay, Saint. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, all involved. Just playing. Listen, I gotta, do I put her in a bubble? Do I, like, what, do I make her wear a face mask with the name of Jesus on it? Like, how do I get her to not catch a demon and bring it home? Uh, well, you just have her, Don't you know. Don't be charismatic. Just have her believe in Jesus, and she won't catch a demon. No, Yvette says I should be anointing with oil. All right, I'm going to go do some research on that. No, do not do that. That's occultic. I'm being serious. Like, like, simply. What do you mean? Well, no, because, okay, wait, hang on. You, you are of the, the 
normal Christian ilk, if you are a Christian, you cannot be demon-possessed. Yes? You, you agree with that, right? Well, I sure hope that's the case, yeah. Okay, so then, done. If she believes in Jesus, I don't know how old she is or, you know, her she's whatever, eight. but I mean... What if okay, she... Okay, well, she... You know... Well, I mean, I mean, if, I guess if you're going to what if it to death, but I mean, you know, like more stuff would be like, well, you know, if she really doesn't believe in Jesus because she's not old enough and she hadn't reached some imaginary age of accountability or something like that, then, you know, what if I anoint her with oil or, you know, what if I tie her shoes in double knots or what if I like, you know, even like doing stuff in your own power, um, the more stuff you do is not going to help. Right. Because it's just it's just not going to help. Like, you know, Jesus is the answer. That is the answer. So, like, you know, what if I use two tablespoons of anointing oil and not five? Oh, my gosh, she's going to get it even. Um, anyways, that would be my advice. Just Listen, yeah, that question says that there's no command to anoint with oil, but there's nothing. Or God, yeah, there's nothing forbidding it. It says the oil is a symbol for the Holy Spirit. And Christians have the spirit who lead us into all truth and anoints us continually with his grace and comfort. So it is a symbol for that. Okay, question, Steph. Yeah. Off the top of your head. What is the correct type of oil to use, if any? I mean, I have two. I have olive oil and I have sesame oil. So if I wanted to get like a Filipino flavored anointing, I would do the <laughs> sesame oil. And if, if I you do that, to... she starts speaking like Tagalog. Yeah, I'll I'll be impressed. Well, yeah, I mean, if you, okay, if I Filipino anoint her with wife? sesame oil and she starts Me? speaking yeah. Tagalog, I'm going to believe in oil and tongues for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have baby oil? Oh, could you use baby oil? I mean, Ew. Johnson Johnson is like an evil company, though. Would that counteract? Yeah, that'll get him a demon right there. Same right. Yeah. Johnson. There you go. Or like, how do you possess your superstitious? How do you make sure your child's possessed? Anoint them with Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> It'll just attract all the demons and mercury and lawsuits. <laughs> and I mean, maybe there's an, you know what? Maybe there's actually enough poison in that stuff to like keep demons out. Demon be like, oh man. That was that was a juicy baby I was about to go infest, but uh, man, there's way too much poison stuff in there now. I'm saying, I mean, maybe who knows? Maybe well, maybe that's kids... the secret. Like, if you anoint them with like, Johnson and Johnson products, it's like there's so much poison in that, that like that'll definitely keep the demons away. But she may grow like four arms out of her eyes. All right, listen. Okay, I'm still on this oil thing. Why does it say in James five, "Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders and pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord." Right. Is what? sickness okay? So sickness would be anointing with oil is yeah, prevention so from demons a straight equivalent to being sick and getting anointed i would I say mean, it's not the same category I, yeah they're they're two different categories so one is you're going to the elders of the church they're anointing you with oil for healing which is absolutely a command and the other um, is a charm the other is yeah the other is literally a pagan ritual charm like you know kabbalah like you know mysticism kind of nonsense and like mm. yeah so um that's interesting so i was in a room the other day where people were talking about weird things their moms did when they were growing up it was a christian room and there was <laughs> one of the i don't want to call her out but it was so funny uh one of them that chris does not have a problem with i'll give that much she was saying that her mom used to anoint her with oil before she left the house to go see her friends that she would like take her thumb and dip it in the oil and just pop it on her forehead <laughs> that she'd go out like she said her mom would just catch her as she was running out the door <laughs> that's hilarious oh my god so i'm thinking that kind of thing you know I, i'm just thinking like don't be the weird mom how about that and then your kids will appreciate that a lot more i mean like you know my kid would think that i had an aneurysm if i did something like that to him 
Well, yeah, but that's because oh, it's you. You should test him. Not saying you're the great tempter, <laughs> but you should test him and be like, hey, son, I know you just got home from school. You know, I wanted, I, I wanted to, uh, you know, protect you during this time of Halloween. So, so let me anoint you real fast to perfect, to perfect you from demons until Halloween's over and just see if he's like, okay, dad, dad. Or if he's like, dad, you're being weird. What, uh, dad, are you testing me? Then you can say, That's, like, well done, good and faithful child. That is an, actually a hilarious Are you going to do it? Will you do it? I think I'm going to do it. Will you record it? I'm totally going to do it. (laughs) Yeah, I will record it. I will. And if um, he doesn't let us see the recording, you know it went bad. And he's like, okay, dad. (laughs) And then he's like, what? Do it. Oh my gosh. It's hilarious. I love this as like, yeah, a Calvinist test. Like, is my child growing up Calvinist enough? If I put oil on his forehead, does he have a strong enough reaction to it? And then you've done well, you know? Yeah. Oh, Nate, you missed it. You were out when the Babylon Bee came out with uh, the top five Taylor Swift songs that teach the five points of Calvinism. (laughs) It was amazing. It was so good. So there you go. It was okay. I don't like Taylor Swift, so it worked. Well, I don't either. Like, I I didn't know any of the songs, so I was like, all right, well, I guess this is a song. Hello, Miss Catherine. You have not spoke yet. She like did. She brought up the Johnson Johnson demon. Oh, I thought that was Sasha. Okay, my bad. The Johnson Johnson <laughs> demon. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh my gosh. Well, the only I mean, thing okay. my mom anointed me with was sunscreen at the pool, and I hated it. it was oh, did it get in your eyes, and you're just like so angry? No, Wait. I, it was just overly excessive. It was like a hundred proof, and I was just like, "Mom, you're doing the most," and she's like, "You can't get a sunburn. You can get skin cancer. It runs in our family." Protecting yeah. you from the sun demons. I used to see that back in the day. People would put Johnson and Johnson oil, like as sun, like like a like a sun, a sunscreen protector. I don't know. Strange, right? Was it Johnson mm. sunscreen or like baby oil? If you are a new parent or you have young children in here and you have not been a parent during the time this happened, do not buy Johnson Johnson products. Do not put them on your children. They have been sued like multiple times over and over in the past 10 years for putting mercury in their products. And then they're like, sorry, and they pay money. And then the next product they comes out with has mercury in it. Do not well, use I mean, some those of the products. vaccines have mercury in them, but... No, it's I like mean, a deadly level. Well, not deadly because people have used it for years, but just just buy something else. So wait, let me. Okay, the mercury. You're not Are you baby powder? Like why? No, I'm not talking about COVID now. Okay, so let's just pretend this is 2019 right now. Okay. Are you? Oh yeah, they by, also made a vaccine. I forgot about that. Of course they did. Yeah. So are you? anti-vaccination like childhood vaccinations for like measles mumps rubella me yes uh no my kids are fully vaccinated for everything except covid and the flu and we also tried to avoid chicken pox like i tried to get my kids to get chicken pox so we could avoid the shot but you have to get it in new york by the time they're five so they did get the chicken pox shot but no they have everything else Just because I own rabbits and harvest their wool doesn't mean I'm an anti-vaxxer. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, real quick, if we can go back to the uh, topic of Halloween, I guess, I don't know if you guys addressed it, the whole idea of Halloween and Sam Hain. Uh, no. Go ahead. Okay. Um, 
Are you you guys okay if I I don't know if you guys want me to go back into like that controversial subject, but um, so there's two school of thoughts when it comes to uh, uh, because Halloween is a Christian festival first and foremost. It begins as a Christian festival, right? Uh, at least in Western Christianity. Um, so it's all Hallow's Eve, and essentially there's two schools of thought within academia. What one of them is that there was some sort of borrowing or influence from the the previous Celtic uh, celebration of Samhain. But then there's another one that says, no, it's an original Christian festival. I mean, it falls around the same time, but it's its its own thing onto itself, right? Um, it is seems that, all that Saints, or is that a separate thing? Uh, well, so it's the, if I'm not mistaken, it's the day after All Saints Day, and it's oh, All, all Hallows Eve. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, which then follows All Hallows Day. So do you or your family uh, dress up as anything and go candy? Oh, I don't, I don't do the whole dressing up thing, but I don't have like me personally. I, I leave it up to people. It's a Romans 14 issue for me personally. I agree with that. Romans 14. Oh, um, okay. So all like Hallows Eve is Halloween and all Hallows day is all saints day, November 1st. In the is that how it is? Okay. Maybe I was saying yeah. it backwards. Yeah. Yeah. And then so Halloween now is the one all Hallows Eve is the one, but it says traditionally the church held a vigil on all Hallows Eve, the 31st when worshipers would prepare themselves for prayers and fasting on the feast day itself, which used to be the much bigger holiday, but yeah. now it's reversed. Yeah. And so what ended up happening is at some point, um, at least in this part of the world, um, people more aligned with the radical reformation, not the reformation, but the radical reformation. Um, and I'm trying to think of the guy's name man. the guy that he pretended to be a Catholic priest, um, Alberto something, uh, I forget his name right now. Um, that guy was one. And then obviously chick tracks. I mean, who remembers chick tracks? <laughs> yep. You know, about that they, awesome. Yeah, they were infamous for pushing that idea. And uh, uh, come to find out, you know, when I became a Christian, of course, I was exposed to all the conspiracy theorists. And then everybody has an issue with uh, Halloween. And so I, I wanted to investigate it uh, deeply because I was because, you know, you see this kind of stuff within a, a lot of uh, hyper uh, stringent, uh, even legalistic leaning uh, uh, Christian communities. I think the issue is when we start to, you know, especially if you, if you're around like, like, well, anyways, let me, let me stop there. I think, uh, once a person does the objective study into it and researching to see where the celebration actually comes from, I think they'll probably see that it's very much rooted within a Christian festival in Western Christianity. Um, I think the evidence for Sam Hain uh, is lacking. I think that there's more evidence in favor of it being an original Christian celebration. But then it, it does kind of make me wonder, uh, is it because it's become secularized that now people have an issue with it? Uh, because I think that it's possible to be able to do the celebration without the, uh, I guess what you, one would say the secular components. But even if one engaged in like some of the secular components, um, I think intention matters. I don't think it's an issue of the heart to say, hey, I want my kids to go out and get candy. Uh, I don't find that problematic. I think that's a that's a personal issue, though. I think every parent has, you know, their own discernment. And so, you know, that's up. Yeah, to them. Ha having your kids get candy is the worst part of that. 
like the worst thing that's going to happen. The worst is part getting candy. is all the cavities. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Or also because the potential, because you have some nefarious people who are, yeah, yeah, there's. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's not yeah. like I'll be like, all right, go run around by yourselves. Like, no, I mean, in my community, like we, like we, we jump on our golf cart and we like go with neighbors and like, you know, we cruise along in the golf cart and all the neighbors are like a hundred and they sit yeah. out in their, set out in their lawn chairs, the driveway. So, I mean, it's, it's like ridiculously, um, you know, not evil. <laughs> yeah but but you know what if i drove by and all of a sudden there was a new neighbor that moved in and you know they had their lawn chairs out there and they're like hey we're doing seances we're telling kids how to contact the spirit world for halloween praise satan i'm like ooh, yeah yeah like no i don't know if we're going to that house yes. like, we're, yep. we're gonna skip that house because you right. know, that <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, that was my convictions street. would kick in there um <laughs> We've been trying to get Steph to move to, to Florida. Maybe she'll uh, hang out with her Ouija board and a bucket full of pig's blood. <laughs> Steph's going to be the neighbor. <laughs> in, your, in your neighborhood. Your next door neighbor. And you know what? Rocking kind of that like five-gallon kind of like, Home Depot bucket of pig blood. Kind of like Acts 15, right? It's like don't eat stuff offered to idols like, you know, you know, as like an outward thing because of other people. Like you don't want to be a bad example. It's not like food offered to idols is actually going to matter. So it's like, hey, kids, this Snickers has been blessed by Satan. I'm like, oh, we're not going to eat that because, you know, that's a bad example. But if they secretly bless it by Satan or whatever, I'll eat that thing all day long. Like, I don't know. It's not going to hurt me. Um, you know, it's just it's like for show. Like, you know, if someone secretly offers something to Satan and then gives it out, like hoping evil will be done, I don't believe for a second that's going to happen. Uh, but with Acts 15, I think if we know that they're like, oh, this has been blessed by Satan, even if a, as a believer that's not going to have anything to do with us, you know, you don't want your testimony to have people being like, oh, someone like, you know, prayed Satan into your Snickers. Oh, go ahead and eat that. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to eat that. Like, why do you think it's going to do anything to you? No, but I also believe the Bible. So, you know, I, I like having this knowledge. I'm not going to do it. But if someone tried to keep it a secret and I ate it, well, it's not going to have any effect. Like, it's, it's stop being weird. Just give me a Snickers. Yeah. So I got a strategically placed phone call when Steph was answering the anti-vax question. <laughs> so what, <laughs> how did we fall on that? Goddess Stephanie. Strategically placed phone call. Yeah. I, yeah. Whatever. I think it's something like she's totally anti-vax and the government is coming to get you. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, she well, said uh, over her kids have her normal their normal vaccines. Um yeah, yeah. She she's explicitly stated she is not anti-vax. Oh. Um, that's actually not, surprising. No, I know, right? She's like, even though I harvest harvest bunny wool, uh no, I, I still am up to date on shots and stuff like that. I don't know about the COVID. I think the COVID thing is different, like for most people. Oh, heck like, you know, yeah. I've, I've, like we've all got all of our regular shots and stuff like that. I mean, now, like if they wanted to create an anti-vaxxer, congratulations. You've made half the country anti-vaxxers. Yeah. That was like We're the not going to trust crap that ever. thing you do. So, yeah. It's like they yeah. had, I mean, that was your chance. You had your chance. Like you should have made it like really poison instead of only kind of poison uh, because now no one's going to trust anything else you do. So, it's like, oh, well, you're not going to get the flu shot? No. It was like three months after COVID that we found out someone went to like get the flu shot and they, quote, accidentally thought he requested the COVID shot and gave him that instead of the flu shot. So I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't trust anyone anymore. <laughs> no thanks. Yep. Yeah, I know. dude, you're t what you're t saying is completely correct. Is like we went from a country that was like 2% anti-vaxxers <laughs> to overnight. <laughs> 
increasing that to like 25% now in most surveys. And it's like, dude, like you, you just wrecked yourself. You got to check yourself before you wreck. They did yourself. not check themselves. So they wrecked themselves. You know, could, could there be any biblical thing to do that? Could there be like, you know, while well, the enemy tried to use for evil, God turned around for good. So it's like, you know, they're like, oh, we're going to, you know, poison half the planet because blah, blah, blah. Uh, but then they like were so bad or I don't know, divine intervention that now instead of like going through like cycles of shots after cycles of shots until they can like, you know, kill everyone, um, God helped them be stupid. So now like no one wants what they're selling. I wonder, no one can prove that, but these are the things I wonder about. Yo, what's a CSE meeting? I have no idea. Where'd you see that? It's in the chat. Stuff's got to go to a meeting. Oh, probably some real estate nonsense. No, nah, it's like with their kid. Anybody oh. know? Does anybody know? CE, I mean, I bet Google knows. Yeah. Real quick, if we can just for a moment segue back to the Halloween thing. Um, you know, some of the objections that you're going to hear is that people think it's demonic, people think it's this or whatever the case is. And so what I like to do with such people is I ask them the question. Um, if something has, okay, because for the record, just because I don't know if anybody heard this earlier, uh, there are two perspectives on the origin of Halloween, right? One posits that it was borrowed from Sam Hain, but the, the evidence is extremely limited, uh, very limited when it comes to that. And the other is that, and these are both academic positions, the other is that it is a Christian holiday, it's an original Christian holiday, right, that was created within Western Christianity to remember uh, saints, Christian saints, right? Now, here's the question. Um, if something were, in theory, tinged uh, by some sort of pagan influence, does it make it, like, for example, if something has pagan origins, does it make it uh, impossible to use? And I would say the answer is no. Yeah. Given that you go to Acts seven, uh, pardon me, Acts seventeen verse twenty-eight, you literally have Paul quoting two pagan Greek philosophers. There, he's quoting Aratus of Soli, his poem *Femineia*, the fifth line, and he's quoting uh, Aratus of, uh, pardon me, and um, Epimenides, Epimenides of uh, Crete, and his poem *Cretica*, uh, the I believe it's the fifth line of *Cretica*. He's quoting it when he says, "For in him we live and move and have our being." As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. If you read the two poems, it's going to say, let us begin with Zeus. <laughs> it's, it's literally a poem dedicated to Zeus. Now, does that mean that Paul's giving glory to Zeus? Of course not. Paul's taking what was attributed to Zeus and giving it back to its rightful owner, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is a very common ancient Near East rhetorical device that Jewish people use. You can find it in the Old Testament as well with the idea of the cloud rider. That was a title that was given to Baal by the Canaanites. Yet the uh, biblical authors are saying, no, your God's not the cloud rider. Our, our God is the cloud rider. And you find that in the uh, Psalms and elsewhere in the book of Daniel. So if it's not wrong to take something that may have been uh, attributed wrongly by pagans or used in a certain way to worship a false deity by pagans, and let's say Christians utilize it for the glory of God, then it doesn't become worship of paganism. Paganism is overtly worshiping another god. 
to the exclusion, like meaning you're worshiping this God to the exclusion of Yahweh. Not, or, or even if you were to associate Yahweh with a pagan God, that, that would be paganism. However, it's not paganism if you take something that was formally attributed to a false God and you reappropriate it and give it like back to its rightful owner. That Paul was talking about, like the unknown God, right? Yeah, exactly. The, the altar in um, exactly uh, Acts 17, earlier in the chapter, I believe it's verse uh, 22, if I'm not mistaken, or 23. So it, it wouldn't be the case that something is paganism because it formerly had pagan, quote unquote, origins, because it's to assume that pagans have a, num uh, uh, pardon me, they have a monopoly on something like pagans have a monopoly on days, on traditions, on practices. It's like to say, well, if you burn incense, you're practicing paganism because the Canaanites burned incense to their God. Well, here the Israelites are burning incense to their God. Does that mean that they're practicing paganism? Of course not. It's, it's silly to assume that, right? But it would be just as silly to assume that if a person is a Christian and they go out and they get their kids some candy, that somehow they're engaging in uh, paganism. Paganism is an overt act of worship to another God that is not Yahweh. That's paganism. Getting your kids candy on a particular day is not paganism. If you're not worshiping that God, you can't, um, you can't inadvertently practice paganism. You can't like accidentally practice paganism. Paganism is, an, is a willful, intentful action. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, uh, God basically took everything that the pagans were doing and put uh, put it into uh, the law and ultimately had it about him. You know, it was all to give him glory, worship, honor, praise, etc. <clears throat> so if we want to go that route, we'd have to say everything is pagan and we're all pagans, <laughs> which just isn't true. Oh, and by the way, random, I'm about to drop some links for you from people that are not even Christians who say there's no connection with the winter, winter solstice and Christmas. Like these are long debunked ideas that serious academia, non-Christian, atheist academia doesn't hold to. I don't know if you've been uh, looking into any of that stuff. Maybe it might behoove you to do a little bit of research in that area. Honestly. What was he saying? I wasn't reading the uh, chat. Yeah, well, Chris, uh, Chris, Christians and Christmas, the winter solstice. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Like, I'm, I find that so uninformed. Like, statements like that should kind of be withheld from people if they haven't done serious research into the area. And I say this as someone who was formerly an opponent of Christianity. I wasn't a Christian my whole life. I was very much adamantly anti-Christian at one point in my life. And I can tell you that you haven't done your research when you're making those sort of assertions, but I'm going to assist you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to drop you some links so you can see for yourself where Christmas celebrations actually derive from. And I'm going to link you to a channel from a person who is not a Christian who's going to inform you and help educate you on this. For the record, um, yeah, what are the origins? Like, wasn't it like I, I know there's I, I know a couple there's a couple ideas like the one I'm thinking of is like St. Boniface, right? When he like chopped down the giant pagan tree and it was like a celebration over that. Um, is that what you think or do you take the other um, 
idea. Oh, you're you're asking me? Yeah. Oh, so Christmas tree, you know what's funny? The Christmas tree wasn't even introduced by any um, early Christians or anything like that. It's actually a Protestant tradition uh, that was introduced by Lutherans. (laughs) You know, it's the same with the Easter bunny. Everybody seems to point the finger at Catholics and then they want to make it like, oh, the Catholics introduced this. And when you just do a little bit of research, you realize things like the Easter bunny and the Christmas tree were actually introduced by Protestant Christians, by Lutherans more specifically. And I'll tell you where, and I'll tell you where they got the idea from, honestly. So there was a Jewish tradition that you can read about even in the Talmud of an evergreen tree being planted for uh, Jewish males. Isn't that interesting? An evergreen tree when they were, you know, for the, celebrating their, their birth. <laughs> There's also Isaiah that talks about God bringing an evergreen, you know, a pine tree, evergreen tree into his assembly, specifically from Lebanon, and that he would be worshipped with it in his house of worship. Mm. This is where Lutherans got the idea from, interestingly. I can't figure out if we're being trolled by Carlton or not. Carlton, if you want to speak, come on. He talks about, uh, let's see. God's no, no, Carl, Carlton's a Christian. He's he's trolling us. He's, he's, he's totally trolling. <laughs> I was going to say, dude, Thursday football, I didn't even watch that. Wait, okay, we're being trolled. He says your iPhones and Androids are pagan. I mean, I agree with that, but I'm like, are we being trolled right now? No, he's running Jeremiah. iPhones are the Israel of phones. Android or Hebrew Israelites of phones. I don't. Again, I don't understand why. I think this is one of the problems in the church today is that we've gotten soft, and. I think we need to be able to stand for the truth and against paganism and devil worship. And I don't see why you guys claim to be Christians, but then you're going to want to support paganism. Like all that, oh man, like, no, it's just the devil. That's it. Yeah, I actually... Wait, you watch an anime, right? That's paganism, isn't it? Yeah, you got to get rid of that. I'm mean, I'm Carlton knows I'm trolling him back. I agree with Carlton, you engage in paganism every day, brother. With your with your anime from those Moabites now I'm messing with. <laughs> I agree with him though. Like the the points that you made, faithful. Like I don't understand the what's the need. Like you're acting as if though none of the claims that these um, celebrations are of pagan, uh, or like they originated with paganism, is false, and. It's very simple. The scripture says to be no part of this world. Like, what, where, because the Bible tells us everything that we need to do if that's, you know, what you choose as your word, as if, if that's what you choose as God to believe is God's word. And nowhere in there does it say the only thing it tells us to commemorate on an annual basis is Jesus Christ ransom sacrifice for us. By partaking of you know his body with the bread and his and, and the blood with the wine, and so brother, that's not annual. Feel, My church does that every week. I mean, yeah, every I, Sunday. I feel yeah. that way about the internet though, because the main Wait, thing is. The can, I, can I finish my point? Because we let faithful go on about oh. how how Christmas. Well, I'd love I'd love to. Uh, you can go ahead, Gino. But when you're done, could you please allow me to rebut what you're saying? I would really appreciate. I it. didn't. I didn't really do it to rebut because I, I don't want to get. Well, I am going to rebut what you're going to say. Okay. I'm just cool. I'm just hoping well, that you'll, ahead, you'll allow me the opportunity. I, I just want to get thirty seconds after, if I. Yeah. 
we're not going to we're not going to agree so you made your statement and and well yes carlton but i'm talking about faithful we're not going to agree so you made your statement and i'm just saying it it, it doesn't make sense like why would you if so you're going to pretend that like oh that's the problem he's saying we've gotten weak you want, oh, let's make it cute and dress the kids up as little demons and, and Satan costumes. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, what are you talking Whoa, about? Whoa, chill out, no, bro. No, no, I, I, I'm saying it from, I don't mean it to, I'm not cussing at you. I'm saying. We're yeah, but, yeah but you shouldn't be cussing at all. Just, just chill out, man. Well, how, I'm going to be who I am. Like, you, you're going to be the person that says that you can have your children be demons on Halloween, and that's okay. While, while you're telling us about, while cursing at us interesting who well, cares wait, gina hang on i care gino hang on let's take a poll real fast does any of the christians who have said that you know uh so getting trick-or-treating and dressing their kid up anyone who falls on that side would you also say that you're fine with your kids dressing up as whatever he said like satan and well, demons because, because i would not have you not seen, i don't okay, ever but, but wait the same let's, let's talk about um like i mean think about a movie like uh, what problem child or something like okay he was dressed up remember he was in like the little like we're gonna act like like we've never seen I'm pretty a little sure child. he was wait 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 cat well Gina, finish, yeah. finish, I, finish I, your statement wait let, let, let me just finish act, the statement we're gonna act as if though like literally no kid like it hasn't been cute or cool to like dress oh like he or even if it's not a demon the whole idea of dressing like what is the origin of Halloween? Does it have? It's Christian. Halloween? It's actually a Christian celebration. It's if you actually look at it historically, yes, it is. Gino, no, it is. No, it's a Christian a celebration in Western. I'm answering your question. If you just, if you allow me to at least at answer your question, I it's good go. to be educated I and not to make to ignorant statements. Prophets. So, if you can just allow if me a moment, please. Statement is false and. And you at least allow me the opportunity to respond. I don't want to hear it. I'm gonna go. He asked. He asked me a question, and I'd like to respond. You actually did ask a question. Faithful. Not you specifically. Gino, it is a rhetorical. I'll take a up. minute. Take, take a minute and finish your point. Take, take whole, a minute. The whole point is very simply all of the holidays, none, like what comes from Christmas? Please tell me what comes from Halloween that is of anything of God. Please tell me. Okay, that's a rhetorical question, or is that a direct question? Yes, it's rhetorical because. Oh, it's rhetorical, so you want to keep going? Okay, go ahead. Say, you're going to say that God. He asked me a question, Nate. That, no, it was rhetorical. Stay on me for a minute. That's the like point. Like 30 seconds now. If, yeah, because I keep getting interrupted. The point is, you're going to sit here and tell me that you think that God says that your kids and you celebrating Halloween is of Him. It, like literally Halloween is, is, is of nothing but evil. Like that's what it is. You cannot say that God thinks that this is cool for you to do. Cool, he did not thanks. tell you to, it's proven. It's factually a lie that Christmas and in, in when Jesus was born and all of that stuff is false. You're Santa Claus. Where where are the origins of Santa Claus? All of that shit is Gentlemen, if I could have an opportunity to respond wait, because I, they're directing the wait, talk wait, 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 w
of the devil? Or is it going to be praying and reading his Bible and fasting? Like, I was wondering what he was going to be doing during Halloween. But yeah, Faithful, go ahead and, and respond. Oh, I and then Carlton wanted 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah and, if I could. Well, Faithful, Carlton, go ahead and Carlton try your 30 seconds, and then I'll go right after you, Carlton. Go yeah. ahead. And I was not going, man, yeah, y'all got to have some levity because I was going to talk about how the internet was pagan and how I made my own Christian internet called the Trinternet. So that way we just weren't going <laughs> pagan because <laughs> y'all got to learn how to lighten up. Like, everybody's wanting to go, bah, 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 bah. like, it's like, y'all got to like, lighten up some. Yeah, yeah. This is like, yeah, because sometimes. Yeah, real like, quick. Uh... Sometimes it can just be illustrated. Like, my iPhone is technically pagan. And as you know, Androids are pagan. I, iPhones are sanctified. But the whole thing, though, is that uh, iPhones are the Islamophones because they have children do their work for them. <laughs> so you're saying so you're saying that uh, you shouldn't start a child in the way it should go? Is it way in slavery? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be quiet. Right, you got faithful. Uh, faithful. Yeah. Thank Chris. So, gentlemen, yeah. So, if I could, um, I was going to ask that individual. Um, if he could explain to me what's occurring in John chapter 10, when it mentions the feast of dedication, I was going to ask him, God gave seven appointed feasts for the people of Israel in the law, right? In the books of the law, more specifically, you can find them listed in Leviticus 23. I was going to ask him if he could show me in Leviticus 23, where the feast of dedication is. Cause I know this person isn't going to be able to find it anywhere in the, in the books that we have in our Protestant canon. So when they would have failed, I would have gone to the book of Maccabees, which is in the Apocrypha, to show that the Feast of Dedication is actually the Feast of Hanukkah, a.k.a. the Feast of Maccabees. It's the rededication of the temple that occurs in the uh, story of the book of Maccabees. Uh, this is when Antiochus and the Greek forces were in the land and they had profaned the temple. And the people of Israel, led by Judas Maccabeus and his family, fought against these people and pushed them out. And that's how Hanukkah as a celebration was created. Isn't it ironic that Jesus is about on the celebration of Hanukkah, which is not an appointed feast by God. God never instructed anybody to keep that feast. The people themselves invented the feast. And yet Jesus doesn't admonish them for keeping it. Another example in John five, the feast of Purim is mentioned. It's actually understood by serious academia that the festival that's being mentioned in John five, given the time frame is going to fall during the time of Purim. And Purim is mentioned in the book of Esther. However, that itself was also not a festival that God ordained for people to keep. The people of Israel invented that festival for themselves. It was a man-made festival, but it was a man-made festival in honor of what God had done for the people of Israel uh, in the fact that he had spared them in spite of the fact that the, uh, the Gentile forces were against them. So, I think intent matters. I think the idea is that when a person is talking about, well, what about this, and paganism and evil, that what a person ends up doing is showing that they have no idea what they're talking about. Because all we have to do is go to Acts 17, 28, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Paul quotes, um, he quotes um, the poem Thais from uh, the Greek poet Menander. He's quoting a pagan poem from a pagan poet, and more specifically, a play at that. And with that, so, you know, I mean, we could we could go into a lot of things that a lot of people who like to make these really 
like weird arguments don't bother to consider. And then usually what people do is they'll go to, oh, well, what about in Deuteronomy? It says, don't worship me like the way that the other nations worship. And it actually lists what way that was, which was to offer up their children and burn them to the God, like how they, they burn their children to the God of the other nations, that they shouldn't worship Yahweh with that sort of worship, because that sort of worship clearly goes against the idea of loving your neighbor as yourself, doesn't it? If you're burning your children alive, yeah, we kind should all of be able to agree, the purpose. Don't burn your children and have a yeah. happy, 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 happy Hanukkah. Chris, what's up, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. Is he on the phone or is he still on the phone? Oh, I just hear. Oh, and, and if I could, just just one more point, um, Nate. Ironically enough, Hanukkah, if you actually look at the time frame, coincidentally falls around the same time as Saturnalia, which was a seven day festival. Coincidence? I think not. And here's the other ironic part. Um, you actually had some Jewish sages that tried to do, try to draw parallelisms with Hanukkah. And Saturnalia, you can actually read that in the Jewish sages own writings where they kind of tried to draw these, uh, which we now know are, are unrelated parallels, because these two festivals both originated independently from each other. My question Man, like, is, yeah. um, are you, what about Purim and Hanukkah? Are you saying Jesus endorsed them? Yeah, Jesus doesn't admonish them. It's the idea that when he's out and about on those festivals, at no point in time does he admonish the people for keeping that festival in that time of year. He's not telling the people, why are you keeping this man-made festival? In fact, Jesus understands quite clearly that while these are man-made festivals, he in no way, uh, because keeping in mind intent is what matters, he in no way has any problem with them. If he had a problem with them, then he would admonish them. Is this an argument from silence? No, it's not an argument from silence. What it is, is it's to say if a person were to assert that something that has uh, like something that's not ordained from God directly shouldn't be done, then the question is, why do you have two festivals that were not ordained by God being kept by the people? And why doesn't Jesus admonish them? Okay, so the Jews did a lot of things outside of the law. The law said if a person did something that was worthy of a certain amount of stripes, you can give them 40, but not more. They didn't give them 40. They gave them 39. Did he say anything about why are, why are you not following the law about that? So the question that I have for you is in reference to the specific festivals that we're talking about. So Jesus has an opportunity to admonish those festivals uh, several times during his ministry. Why doesn't he admonish those festivals? I'm asking the question. Um, you, I'm saying that you're making an argument from silence. I'm not making an argument from silence. I'm asking you, why doesn't he admonish those festivals? Why would he? You want him to speak to every single thing? So he's speaking to the leaders of Israel. Why doesn't he admonish those festivals? Give me an occasion where he's speaking to the leaders of Israel that he would have an occasion or reason to admonish those so here's an example. When Jesus admonishes the Pharisees for violating God's law by the traditions of men, meaning their traditions, because the Pharisee, for example, the Korban rule was a perfect example of that. That's a that's a command that wasn't given by God directly, that the Pharisees had themselves, that they inherited from their forefathers, because it was something that was in Judaism prior to that time. So the Korban rule was essentially where you give your money to the temple. And, but in the process, some people would 
uh, withhold giving the money that they should to their parents, honor your mother and father, to instead give the money to the temple because they believe that you had to love your God above all things. But in doing so, they're dishonoring God by dishonoring mother and father, which is a commandment directly given by him. There he admonishes them. That's an example of a man-made commandment that he admonishes. So if Jesus has already admonished something that was introduced after the fact, that potentially even contradicts another commandment that was given directly by God, unlike the commandment that he's admonishing, then why is it the case that if you have the Jews, I need you to listen to the full, I need you to let me, let, let me lay out the full question. You're interrupting in the middle of me laying out the question. Can you please stop? If okay, Jesus is, if Jesus is, in my, sir, can you at least, hey, Nate, Nate, bro. It's kind of hard because I'm trying to ask him a question and he's like, instead of him being charitable, he's interrupting me. So here's the thing, friend. If Jesus can admonish man-made commandments that were not given by God, clearly that's why they're man-made. And the question is, why is it the case that you have a man-made festival and Jesus doesn't do the same thing in admonishing that festival. That's a question you have to answer. You want to talk about arguments from silence. The, the question is, I haven't made an argument for or against. So it would be presumptuous to assume Jesus has an issue with these festivals if he doesn't admonish the festivals. I think it can okay. be understood so implicitly. So we have the question. No, we're not doing arguments from silence because you would have to hey, say. You yourself. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Guys, this is, this is so simple. He, he just asked the question and said, now you have to answer it. So beg, there's the question. Would you like to answer it? Well, he himself said that Jesus admonished them because what they were doing was going against the commandment of God with that Corbin thing. So he had a reason to admonish them according to him. Now, did Jesus have a reason? Where in the Bible does Jesus say, don't create any other festivals than what I have given to you? Why would exactly. He there's no, there's no admonishment against that. You're, you're actually making my point for me. So then the idea is that if somebody were to do a festival, no, actually, he, why does he not admonish them? He doesn't have a reason to do that. Okay. He doesn't have a reason to do that. So conversely, one can say that if a person were to do a celebration in honor of God, as long as they're not violating any, any of God's commandments, then there's no reason why a person couldn't potentially celebrate it. I think the problem is that Folks are getting caught up in the modern idea of how something is celebrated rather than how Christians would celebrate it. Uh, for example, you have Christian churches that will do, uh, and, and you guys can forgive me if I'm wrong, but they'll call it like something like uh, a harvest festival or something like harvest that. festival. Yeah. Yeah. And then people bag on them. And it's typically, it's not because they're trying to celebrate Halloween. It's because they know that the world is celebrating Halloween and they are trying to give people an alternative. So it's something exactly. to come and do without all the spooky things that, you know, is being presented, like, you know, people dressing like demons and devils and all that. It's mm -hmm. you know, typically like a lot. You want pumpkin spice? Go to a church on fall festival. Um, you know, hay yeah. rides for the kids, stuff like that. Like, I don't know what's demonic about a hayride, but yeah. So, I mean, they'll typically do that as an alternative to Halloween. Exactly. And what's ironic is that uh, people will say, well, are you going to let your kid dress like a devil? Of course not. But at the same time, don't you find it interesting and ironic 
that we have brothers and sisters in Christ that are okay watching demonic things like movies that have clear imagery. And imagery in many instances can be more influential because it's something that you're taking in, especially if you have children and you allow them to watch such things. Because this is essentially the, the mindset of, unfortunately, the Puritans who were hyper-legalistic, who took it to like an extreme. I think the issue is that people need to understand intention. Paul quotes pagan philosophers. So if a person can read something pagan and attribute something pagan, originally pagan, reappropriated, and attribute it to God Almighty, no. that's an apostle. No, no, no. That's, no I, I, hang on I one second. We have, on we have Mac and, hang on. We have Mac and Todd that haven't said a word yet. I'd like to... To, Todd, you're like one of the first ones here. You just haven't spoke. Would you like to say anything since you made it to the stage, and then we'll see what Mac has to say? If you're speaking, Todd. Uh, no, not, not on this topic. I'm good. I'll let them go. Uh, Mac. Yeah. Mac, are you speaking? Yeah. Hey, Mac, yeah, give us a second me? if we could. Yeah, we could hear you, Mac. All right. Uh, or did you want to finish? I mean, y'all can finish or I can say something now. We just want to finish up, there, and then we can go right to that. Yeah, I'm we're going to finish up, Nate. It's just, we will never it's, finish. <laughs> no, we, we will certainly finish. Trust All right, me. Go ahead. When, go ahead. I, I think that in, in him we live and move or have a being, that's true whether a pagan says it or not. That's not a pagan concept. But he's quoting, he's quoting a poem to Zeus there. He's acknowledging the truth that in God we live and move and have our being. That's not a pagan concept. It might be contained in a pagan poem, but it's not a pagan concept like Halloween. Yeah, but no, actually, that's completely wrong what you just said, because the poem itself is pagan since it's written by a non-Christian. In this case, um, uh, wait, oh, wait, wait, you got to listen. You got to hear the full thought because this is a bad argument. I need you to, sir, I need you to let, hey, hey Nate, can I, can I just finish? Because I want to land on this point and then we, what I'm saying. Um, I understand, sir, but you need to allow people to interact with your points, please. There, so we can move problems. on. There's two problems with, there's two problems with this. I, wait, ba, 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 hang on. There's two problems. Every time you say something, I beg, it's like 10 seconds to speak before you cut them off and faithful. Every time you say something, it's like three minutes, bro. Okay. Faithful talk less, beg talk more. Like just share the stage. Okay, let okay. me just clarify. Because this is what I said, and I don't know if you're passing over. I'm saying that yes, Paul is quoting the pagan. The concept is not pagan. He's not endorsing a pagan concept like Halloween mm -hmm. is. He is saying something that is true. And you're saying, well, oh, he's quoting a pagan. It's not because he's endorsing. Paganism. It's the pagan just happens to latch onto something that is true. All right. I beg the difference. So if I could respond to that. Can you hear me? He sounded like he... it, man. Go ahead. Yeah, I beg I beg the difference. If I could respond to that. Number one, the poem is directed at Zeus specifically. This is the actual poem. This is uh Eridus of Soli, Eratus of Soli, his poem Feminea. This is starting at the first line. Let us begin with Zeus, whom we mortals never leave unspoken for every street, every marketplace is full of God. Even the sea and harbor is full of this deity. This deity is in reference to Zeus. Everywhere, everyone is indebted to God. In this case, it's being directed at Zeus, for we are indeed his, Zeus's offspring. What Paul is doing is reappropriating what was originally for a pagan God and giving it to the true God. Now, 
On the other hand, do you know what's interesting? Halloween isn't actually a pagan celebration. In fact, like I told you earlier, there are two schools of thought when it comes to when Halloween started. One of those schools of thought is that it is literally an original Christian celebration in Western Christianity. There's another school of thought that asserts that it's based on Sam Hain. But do you know how much evidence we have of that? Outside of the dates, we have nothing because the celebrations aren't even the same. So how much how much evidence do we have that is Christian? I know you're saying it's originated with Christians. How much evidence do we have that the people who started it and called themselves much Christians were how much evidence do we have that people who started it and called themselves Christians were Christians? Well, one, I think this is a genetic fallacy because you're under the assumption that you have to check with every person. The, the fact of the matter is it was started by Christians, people that believed no. in the Trinity, people, people who believe. Wait, babe, I need you. I need you to hear. Just hear me out. People that believe that salvation only comes through Jesus Christ alone. And more specifically, it was being done in conjunction with another celebration, which is called All Saints Day. So the, the, the celebration is All Hallows Eve, the day before All Saints Day which is literally a celebration remembering Christian saints, people that trusted in Jesus and went to be with Jesus. So it's remembering our brothers and sisters in Christ. What ends up becoming secularized, just like Christmas, need not be a pagan holiday simply because you've heard from chick tracks or whatever sort of material after the fact, all these allegations of paganism when the evidence isn't even there. And ironically enough, it's coming from the very people who aren't even proponents of Christianity, meaning um, atheists themselves, uh, serious atheist scholarship will even say, no, there, there is no real connection with Samhain and Halloween. This is simply asserted. All right. Uh, well, Mac, well, go ahead and take your one, chance. Can I ask one last question? With all, all right, apologies well, to the Catholics, uh, what does the Catholics celebrate that you couldn't say they started it as people who believed in salvation through Jesus Christ, like worshiping Mary or whatever they do, just because it comes well, they don't from worship Mary. That's himself, actually a straw man of their position. Just because it comes from someone who calls himself a Christian doesn't mean it's the thing to do. Yes, but you you just asserted that they worship Mary, and that's a straw man of them. They don't worship Mary. Um, that's well, something that you can. Like and I'm not even Catholic, and I can certainly defend their perspective against that that straw man. But I think the issue that we have here is that the celebration began with Christians, not pagans. Ironically enough, the term pagan, the, the very term that we use, was used historically in contrast after the advent of the Christian faith. It was used in contrast to those who are Christian. Christians are not pagan. Pagans are those who do not worship the Christian God. Therefore, it cannot be the case that a celebration is pagan by its very nature if the very term pagan indicates to worship something that is not the Christian God when the celebration itself is Christian. How do you I'm sorry. Christians? Hang on, hang on. Mac, go ahead. We're going to get some people that have not All right. been talking I, to you. I, I, I think minutes. you're right. It, it probably was going for a while. Um, I'm going to say a couple things. Totally I'm gonna try to just be like two minutes. I hope I'm not, I'm not gonna try to be too long, but you know I can, you know if I don't control myself, get too do too long winded. But a couple things, a couple misnomers um, that I think should be cleared up is there is no specific command that restricts anyone for holding or keeping a day as holy, or having some quote unquote holiday. It's actually scripture that reminds us not to judge people for which day or days they find or keep holy. And I think we should all remember that and start this conversation, but. 
Um, I do have um, my, I do take some issue with um, ignoring the command from Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, verses 1 through 5, to take heed from what the Israelites did when they were in the wilderness and to not do as they did, as they drank from the same uh, spiritual rite, which was Christ, and ate the same bread, but then got up to go into idolatry. And so if Paul is warning us, this is someone from our priesthood who gives us commands, who's telling us not to do the things that the Israelite people did in the wilderness. Now, the things that they did in the wilderness, they, they were commanded not to do. I do think that validates what is said in Deuteronomy 12, um, 29 to 31. And while I agree with partially what Faithful said, I think that's incomplete. And in that in Deuteronomy 12, 29 through 31, it wasn't saying just about how they sacrificed their kids to Molech. It wasn't just talking about that. It was talking about that as an example amongst many things that they were commanded to specifically not do. The command that I think we should all follow today is to not worship your God the way other pagans or people worshiped their gods. That is directly commanded to the people in the wilderness before they were going into the land. So that fully validates what Paul says for us to follow about the people at that time. And so that being the case, Christmas, you can read up on Christmas, is an appropriation of how pagans worshiped their God that now Christians Incorrect. have taken. Well, let me finish. I can I can show you in the Catholic encyclopedia. I'm not making I can issue. show you in the Catholic well, let, encyclopedia. Let me, let me, let me, finish. Wrong let me well. finish. Let me finish. Well, if we look up Natalis and Victi, and we can read the direct quotes where the Pope was against it, where other people continue to do it, they said that if this is how they worship the sun God, surely the son of God should be worshiped in the same way. These are quotes I can find for you. I'm not making these things up. We can read them right now. I've read over them. I've, I've, I've spoken on them. I've taught on them a number of times. It's not anything new. It's not new information. It comes from annals in the Catholic encyclopedia where it teaches us and shows us historically that Catholics or Christians or universalists at the time, however you want to you know, call them, decided to, as they were, trying to spread their influence to take on the influences of pagan worshipers towards their God and reappropriate it as a way to worship our God. And this is how Christmas was established. Now, Halloween, actually, it isn't I'm because not, this is actually what, dismissed what, in modern what, academia, what, uh, Mr. Mack. No, no, I actually posted going, a video in the chat you know, from a you can, you professor can, on this who actually say, explains this. Or you, you can, you can have your, you can have your information on it. I'm not saying things without information. I'm, I'm first giving the over. Yeah, I'm not saying it without information. I'm backing myself well, over well, receipts well, if you look on. in the chat. Listen, 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 listen. I've said it already that I have the receipts. I'm giving the overview. And if need be, I, and I will, because you're challenging it, I will go and find the receipts and post them here. But let me finish the point. Mm -hmm. The point being, I'm not saying that whatever day you keep holy is automatically a sin. An idol is not automatically an idol or a sin or whatever. It's just an item. That can be used for evil, for good, whatever way. We know this, you know, um, uh, and Paul talks about that. But when Paul himself references the idea of not to worship your God the way others worship their God, which is he's warning not to do these things like the Israelites.